Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my new video. I can't keep up, honestly, guys. Every single day, there seems to be some major news happening. I can't really report on everything because that's just going to take me all day. So I've got to have to pick and choose what topics to talk about. I mean, there's so much to talk about um, at the moment. There's obviously that terrorist attack in St. Petersburg. Um, there's obviously Trump. Um, many other stories happening every single day. But I'm going to focus on what I know best. And I know a lot about the economy. So I'm probably going to just talk about the economy today. Uh, the state of the US economy especially. And probably they are just about hitting recession. If not, they already are. There's some figures to prove it. And I'm going to go through it with you guys. So without further ado, let's carry on with the show. So the gold prices have gone up um, today. They've gone over 2,000 ounce. And oil prices have gone up all the way um, to 80 to $81 per barrel as well. So this was because for a number of reasons. Uh, I'm going to focus on gold now. The reason gold shot up because um, some economic data came out today. And uh, this economic data shows that jobs opening fell to 9.93 million from 10.5 million, below the 10.4 expected. Different report shows that factory orders fell 0.3% in February against the expectation of a 0.5% decline. And January's figures revised lower from 1.6% to 2.1%. So the JP Morgan CEO said that US banking turmoil is still not over yet, warns of repercussions for years to come, and he lifts odds of a recession. I think there are recessions here already, unfortunately. So here's my thoughts about what's happened. A um, couple of major incidents happened today, uh, major, major incidents. Um, so obviously you had the surprise OPEC um, plus members saying that they're going to cut production. And this is including the production cut that Russia is going to be doing as well. And this has shot the oil prices over 80 to $81 per barrel. And this has huge repercussions because um, what this means that Inflation is going to be rampant very soon. Pretty soon you're going to see people paying more for pumps. Uh, the deliveries are going to be more expensive. Uh, shipping. Uh, whatever way you look at it, the inflation's here to stay and it's probably going to get much, much higher. The problem is the Fed's weapon of choice to combat oil prices is not working anymore. So their weapon of choice to combat oil prices has been interest rate increases. So during every single increase in, in, in you know, interest rate increase that the Fed has done uh, until now, it has helped reduce the oil price just a little bit. However, the oil price kept coming up, it kept coming up, and it kept coming up. And now the Fed has run out of um, that weapon because they cannot increase the interest rates anymore because the banks are collapsing everywhere. And you can see, um, when I say everywhere, I'm talking about US, I'm talking about Europe, 
uh, obviously Credit Suisse going, Deutsche Bank as well. Um, there's obviously banking issues in UK as well. And you can see JP Morgan saying that U- US banking turmoil is not over yet. So there's huge amounts of um, issues uh, still t- still to be had. And the Federal Reserve has also lent 300 billion in emergency funds to banks in the past week as well to avoid them collapsing. And all of this money, they're going to have to print it out because they're not going to have this money saved up in a stash somewhere. They're going to print all of this money out, which means they're going to be increasing um, inflation as well. So the banks have pretty much... Um, run out of options really they can't increase interest rates anymore because more banks will collapse the the economy will collapse Um, people will lose their livelihoods people lose their homes Uh, people have been paying loans who who have obviously got mortgages to pay Uh, there's going to come a point where they can't afford the mortgage payments they can't afford the loan payments Another way the U.S. has been reducing the oil prices is by releasing the strategic reserve. However, they cannot do that anymore because they already released a hell of a lot and they are running low. And um, and this young lady has said that U.S. could buy back oil for, for the strategic reserve later this year. However, she hasn't counted on the fact that um, the oil prices are really, really high and there is no way in hell that they, they, they can um, replenish these reserves because oil prices are going up and up and up. We're talking about it could go up to $100 a barrel or $200 a barrel. Who knows? But it, it's already over 80 It was 65 or I believe it was 60 more than like a week ago. So you can see how much has gone up uh, just in matter of matter of a week. And if the US or the rest of the world decide to play some tricks again, the OPEC have always got the power. They can always cut production and they can uh, control the market and they can control the price. They have all the power. Um, there is nothing that the US or the West can do. And this rid- ridiculous thing about $60 barrel oil price cap. And as I expected, and a, and a lot of clever analysts have also, you know, um, predicted this, this price cap will never work. And it, it hasn't worked. And even Japan is starting to buy Russian oil above the price cap for $70 to $80 per barrel. And then you have this um, ridiculous fool saying that he urges price cap on Russian oil to thirty to forty dollars. <laughs> How can you set an oil price cap to thirty forty dollars when the price of oil is eighty dollars? I mean, this guy's a fool. Even Japan is not following the price cap, and they're already going above sixty dollars and buying uh, Russian oil for seventy to eighty. I mean, come on, who put this guy in charge? So you see, the U.S. is running out of options. Um, they cannot increase interest rates anymore because it's going to completely destroy the economy. They cannot release any more strategic oil because they're running low as it is. Um, so they've run out of options, guys. Uh, they really don't know what to do. Um, their war in Ukraine is still going on. Um, Russia has already said they're going to cut output as well. Saudi Arabia is going to be cutting output. Um, the BRICS nations are you know, joining together, forming a new reserve currency, which is going to be based on, 
on um, not only oil but a basket of goods for example gold rare earths if you notice all of the major countries who have joined the BRICS they all have something to offer to the world in terms of resources for example you know Saudi Arabia will have oil uh, Russia will have obviously oil and gas and other commodities uh, China's got all of the um, end products uh, manufacturing and then you have um, South, South Africa who's obviously got diamonds and, and other minerals uh, you've got Brazil who's got agriculture and also oil and many every single country has got a basket of natural resources they can offer so this is what the BRICS uh, currency will be it'll be basically based on a basket of rare earth minerals and gold and oil uh, rare, you know commodities basically and i believe once this happens and this BRICS reserve currency um will will be will be used all over the world i mean countries around the world are queuing up to leave the dollar you know a country who's relying on your, on the dollar will go down uh, like a sinking ship obviously the us is sinking right now with the dollar you know going down in value day by day i mean i'm watching the dollar index on a daily basis and i can see how badly the dollar is performing day by day by day uh, the us is still printing money um, and that's causing the dollar to lose its value even more more and more countries are dumping the dollar the world is seeing a once in a century event where we see the death of the dollar and it's happening before our very eyes and it's happening before my eyes as well and i'm seeing the dollar decline every single day and this is accelerating the us has run out of tools and gone are the days where they use the dollar as a weapon um, to sanction countries they don't like to use the dollar as a financial weapon to go above and beyond the UN and use unilateral sanctions go to war with countries financially destroy countries gone are those days and this is what they deserve the the United States of America and i'm not talking about the people i'm talking about the people that run it the administration the you know the biden government right now are absolute tools absolute tools the biden administration right now you can put a lot of the blame onto them but it's not just their fault it's obviously the fault of the deep state um the presidents before him as well where you can say that they caused it as well but biden has been absolutely terrible for the united states economy i mean he just the ukraine war in itself placing ridiculous sanctions on russia little did they know that these sanctions are going to backfire not only on them but also on their western allies and it's taking them by shock and their ridiculous trade sanctions against china the ridiculous rhetoric against china and the whole world will see the united states for who they are they are seeing them use weapons using the united states the dollar as a weapon using human rights as a weapon and people have had enough of it people have had enough because they know that one day they might be next so this is why the world is 
suddenly dumping all of the dollar. They do not trust the United States anymore as a keeper of security, as a keeper of the financial system. And this is why the world is starting to, you know, lose faith in the dollar. And the United States cannot do anything about it. They have literally run out of tools. They don't know what to do. They cannot increase interest rates. They cannot dump any more strategic reserves. They cannot print any more money because that's going to cause inflation. They cannot raise any more taxes. It's going to cause all sorts of riots. So they are stuck. They are stuck. And not only that, they are now begging China to buy their debts. And you can see here, so every single month, China is dumping more and more US dollars. And the reason is dumping more and more US dollars, there's less and less requirement for China to keep US dollars because it's doing more and more trade around the world with other countries in different currencies like the yuan, renminbi. Recently, um, they agreed to trade with Brazil, um, outside US dollars. Even France is buying Chinese LNG using yuan. Uh, obviously, you have cross-border transactions happening between China, Russia, Central Asian countries, ASEAN as well in different currencies. So you can see everyone is moving away from the dollar, which means there's less and less requirement for China to keep these dollars in the central bank. And they know it's a big danger to keep these in central bank because any source of action by the United States to freeze these uh, funds, they can do that at any point. So the sooner China releases these um, dollars from the central bank, the better. And uh, this is why every single month you see China releasing more and more uh, U.S. debt, uh, U.S. treasuries, and uh, Japan is also doing the same. Speaking of Japan, you can see Japan breaks with Western allies and buys Russian oil above $60 a barrel. And you can see, you know, end of the day, there's no such thing as allies. There's always about interests. You know, you can be an ally or a puppet up to a certain point. And Japan is the major, major puppet of the United States. But at the end of the day, they got to feed their people. they got to survive. And they know that if they don't buy Russian oil, Japan will pretty much go down because they need it. The industry needs it. And uh, they cannot get alternatives. They cannot go to Middle East um, to get more. They cannot go to the United States to get more because most of the stuff is heading to Europe uh, because of the sanctions that are placed to Russia. And also most of the stuff is heading to China as well. So Japan's got to buy whatever's on the market. They've got to look out for themselves and you can't really blame them. So you got um, Janet Yellen uh, basically trying to go to China, meet with some uh, high-ranking officers in China and try and persuade them to buy um, U.S. treasuries. Um, so she's going to – she's already had a few chats with some high-ranking um, officials from China telling them to buy um, U.S. treasuries, not to dump them. And she's also planning a trip to China as well. However – this trip, uh, <laughs> this trip, she can't even, she cannot even go because first of all, the Chinese, um, have refused. And secondly, um, she's been such an anti-Chinese hawk. Um, all of her comments do not go unnoticed in China. For example, this one, she talks about China's, um, debt trap to Africa. 
And China basically responded to her saying, look at your own debt problems before you start blaming us. And obviously China is talking about the 32 trillion um, US debt that it's got. And it's all obviously reaching its debt limit as well. So, um, so she, she cannot really go to China and start begging them to buy um, bonds and treasuries. Obviously, she's been very, very vocal, anti-Chinese. So, can't expect China to do her any favors whatsoever. And this is, this is the time when they need China's help. And I remember 2008 financial crisis and China offered to buy a lot of U.S. debt, a lot of U.S. treasuries, and it did help the United States during that um, crisis. However, China is not going to help them anymore when it comes to this uh, crisis, when when everything crashes right now. And this this recession and this crash is going to be probably 10 times worth, worse than what it was in 2008. So you see, um, the Pentagon is sending more money uh, to Ukraine. And obviously, this is um, money that they do not have. Um, obviously, they don't have any money to put into infrastructure or they don't have many money to give to the homeless, people who need health care, college education. You know, there's no money for that, but they finally find money to give to Ukraine. Also, the IMF is giving a loan to Ukraine. I mean, all the money is just siphoned off to Ukraine. And then you see people, high-ranking officials in Ukraine, riding, driving around with the Rolls Royces, and you know, people being sacked in um, in Ukraine's office because uh, they kind of explain where they got that fast car Lamborghini from and Ferrari from. Uh, so there's a lot of corruption going on in Ukraine, and Donald Trump said famously once that Ukraine is probably the most corrupted nation on earth, and he said that really, really famously. And not only that, there was a lot of CNN reports and the US national media reporting that how corrupt Ukraine was before the war. But as soon as the war started, suddenly all of these reports disappeared and Ukraine can't do any wrong. They are like the white dove of the world. They are the victims and, you know, they don't have any Nazi issue. They don't have any uh, corruption issue. They are helpless victims in all of this. This is what the narrative they're going with. But the thing is, all of this money that they're giving to Ukraine, when the US needs it the most, it's just beyond me, you know, they're, what they're doing. I just don't do not understand it, guys. I just do not understand it. So we're looking at uh, oil prices going up to $100 per barrel. Uh, this could cause huge issues with inflation around the world. And, you know, it's not going to be friendly at all. And you're going to see people in gas pumps um, really not being able to afford driving cars and stuff like that. And it's going to hit a lot of people pretty hard. The industry is going to be hit very hard. Europe's going to be hit very hard. And not only that, the developing countries are going to be hit hard. Countries like Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Turkey, um, India even, the countries that need cheap oil to run their industries, they're going to be hit very, very hard. Um, so, you know, I feel sorry for those countries, but I do, definitely do not feel sorry for the West because um, they kind of ask for this. So I'm going to focus on Britain right now. Um, so Britain, you can see here in this article, 
Britain is no longer a clear leader as the world top financial centre. And this is true, guys. I mean, I've been working in London for most of my life, around 20 years or so. And 20 years ago, I, I used to have jobs in central London, in the city, Docklands, and it used to be a really buzzing area full of people, um, full of restaurants, bars, shops, offices. And during lunchtime, the whole place used to be packed with people. You know, it's just it's so many people. Everyone's dressed in suits. Everyone's, you know, basically um, after work, everyone goes to the pub. So, you know, people were making a lot of money. People were happy. But now, I mean, literally last week, um, I was there. And most of the time I work from home, but when I do have to go into the office, maybe like once a month or something, when I do go there, it's absolutely empty, guys, completely empty. All the shops and restaurants and and pubs and bars that I used to remember walking past which were busy are now shut down or for let or or basically um, new owner uh, or it's been converted to flats maybe. So... It's not doing very good in, in terms of the city of London, the financial centre. Uh, people are move. all the banks are moving offices because of Brexit. Um, they're moving to um, Frankfurt, Paris, Amsterdam. A lot of uh, office, offices are moving to Europe as well. And also a lot of people are working from home as well. And the financial centre is not as good as it once was. And now you've got the... Insurance offices like Lloyd's of Lloyd's Bank of London, and because of this price cap, they cannot insure, um, you know, goods that anything below sixty dollars. And because of that, they lost a huge amount of market in insurance. And now you see countries like Japan buying above sixty dollars. So where do you think they're getting insurance from? They're not getting it from Lloyd's of London. They're going to be getting insurance from Russia. They're going to be getting insurance from Singapore, from China, from Shanghai, even. You know, some of the, you know, there's other major financial centers around the world, and um, they are completely bypassing London. London is not important anymore. And because of that, you know, you can see London slowly decreasing. And, and this is why um, our economy is an absolute shambles right now. So I want to talk about the one of the main parts of the video. Miss Liz Truss is back again. And you can see <laughs> she's opened her stupid mouth again. And she says, China cannot be allowed to join UK Asia trade pact, Liz Trust says. So Britain recently joined the CPTPP and they have got their grubby hands on that trade deal. And now that they are inside, they are obviously you know, causing trouble uh, for China and they'll probably cause trouble for the rest of the CPTPP members as well. And you've got Liz Trust saying China is not welcome. We need to get in, get Taiwan inside, uh, we need to ban China from coming in. So she's obviously got her grubby hands and this woman has completely destroyed the UK economy and now she's got some, somehow the papers are giving her a chance to talk crap about China because that's what she's good at. So what is the CPTPP? Uh, basically it's a trade block, uh, it's mainly in Asia and, um, and why is Britain 
joining a trade group all the way in Asia, because first of all, Britain cannot trade with the rest of Asia, because look at the uh, price of oil, it's already $80 a barrel, it's going to go to $100 a barrel. Do you think anybody with their right minds will buy something from UK, ship it you know, all over the world into Asia, which is going to take weeks, if not months, I mean, no one's going to pay that price. You know, everything that Britain can offer, you know, Asia can offer for half the price, even even quarter of the price. Why should they buy goods from UK? And secondly, Britain, yes, they can buy cheap goods from Asia. Again, it's going to take weeks or months. It's going to be very expensive. And also, it's going to affect the manufacturing here as well and the farmers here as well. And you can see there was an article here saying that this trade block could hurt UK farmers and UK businesses because they can get basically cheap goods all the way from Asia. However, it's not going to be that cheap because you're going to have to pay for travel as well and the cost of um, moving these goods from Asia to Britain. So it's not going to be that cheap. So Britain in itself is not going to get much benefit from joining this um, trade organization. In fact, um, somebody, I read an online article, um, and this was also um, uh, seconded by The Guardian as well, said that basically Britain will get only 0.1% gain of their GDP, um, they will only benefit around 1 billion, 1.8 billion from this trade deal. However, f- losing Brexit, they have lost around 450 billion, and here they are gaining 1.8 billion. So work out the maths, right? You're losing a, you're losing a huge trade block in terms of Europe, and you're losing 450 billion pounds worth of business, and you are gaining 1.8 billion and you are basically going all the way to Asian Asia to trade with in Asia. It absolutely doesn't make sense. Uh, in Europe you had your neighbours. Uh, obviously it doesn't cost much to go across the Channel Tunnel into France and then the, into the rest of Europe. But no, they had to cut that link and go all the way to Asia. It doesn't make any sense guys. And this is why Britain is going down. It's going down the drain badly. So now coming to my idiot of the day, and the idiot of the day is Sana Morin. Uh, she's lost her election, and this woman has probably destroyed Finland's way of life, uh, Finland's economy, <clears throat> and now she's been kicked out of office. So she's too busy, obviously, partying around, taking the white powder here and there, and, you know, you've seen her dirty dancing on her videos, uh, but now she's been kicked out of office. She's destroyed Finland's economy, she's uh, added them to NATO, and they've signed, you know, they've signed a deal and added them to NATO. Um, this has caused huge issues for Finland for, for a number of reasons. Firstly, now Finland have to add a considerable amount of money to put troops in the Finland and Russian borders. So you're going to, you're talking about billions and billions of weapons um, and troops that need to cut, to basically um, look after those borders with Russia. Russia is going to be doing the same, obviously, but Russia has got a, you know, much bigger army than Finland does. And also, uh, they've stopped Russians uh, oil and gas. 
Um, so obviously Russian oil and gas would have been very, very cheap for Finland because it's just across the border. Uh, now they have to buy it from, you know, the rest of the world. Um, they've got to scrape like with the rest of Europe, find other sources of uh, oil and gas, uh, rare, rare earth commodities and other minerals and commodities. So they've destroyed this Russian relationship all because of this woman. And not only that, in the future, if there is a war in the Arctic, for example, and there will be a war in the Arctic, there's going to be a war in the Arctic to fight over Arctic rights because um, as we have global warming, more and more of the ice is melting around the north of the north of the globe, which means that these Arctic sea routes are going to be opened up as trade routes. Um, some Islands are going to be opening up, some places where there's going to be a lot of, you know, oil and gas, uh, countries are going to be fighting over these resources. So there's going to be a major war in the Arctic coming up in the next maybe 50 years or so. And Finland's right in the middle uh, of any war in the Arctic because they are right on that border. They are right in the, right in the front line. So Finland's not doing itself any favours whatsoever. And this woman has completely destroyed, you know, decades of Finland's neutrality and now turned it into an enemy of Russia. And what for? To join NATO, to join the West? I mean, the West is going down. You know, you can see with the US economy, the West is going to follow, the Europe's going to follow, all the NATO's going to be disbanded in a few years. Um, I don't, I don't think that NATO's going to be going to last because NATO's literally given all its money and weapons to Ukraine. There really isn't much left in NATO, and um, all you know, she's basically destroyed Finland, and now she's left the office. And you know, and what for? What was the point of that? Seriously, I have no idea. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you in the next video. Let me know what you guys think.